2: Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Cantoneo with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Coming off record closes for the S&P, the NASDAQ, the NDX. Futures do look to build on it as for, uh, mega cap tech gets some fresh legs. S&P needs about 11 points for a fresh intraday high. That's where our roadmap is going to begin. Powell speaks. The market listens. Why the Fed chair isn't ready to sound the alarms on surging consumer prices just yet.
1: Plus, quote, rat poison we will tell you what one third of investors Think about crypto,
2: and no shot, no entry. One firm on Wall Street banning workers who do not get the COVID vaccine. We'll talk about who that is. Jim, uh, interesting tech rally at play. Microsoft with a two trillion dollar market cap. Well, even as the House Judiciary is going to mark up some of these bills.
3: Well, I mean, it's House Judiciary versus earnings per share. Uh, Wedbush has a piece today saying the June quarter is going very strong. Raises from three ten to three twenty five. Uh, people going to high. Yeah, people going to go for that. Uh, and they're not going to focus as much on Congress. Apple, with a very uh, plaintive note, saying, listen, uh, I, all the people, all the jobs we've created, you don't stifle competition. I keep coming back to this notion that while the Congress is unified, that these companies are not good, the companies themselves are a bit, as you use the term, I've been thinking about this all day, I used it last night, that it, there is a bit of a popularity contest in that Congress thinks that these companies do stifle small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, but these companies, whether it be uh, Zuckerberg on shops, their extension to Instagram, that, that is small, and medium size. Apple, small and medium size. Alpha, but really, really, having, you know, YouTube, small and medium size. Uh, Microsoft, no,
2: not a lot of small and medium no, size. No, not really. No. Uh, interesting piece in the Times on Tim Cook calling Pelosi directly, according to five people involved in the conversation, saying, hey, this can't go for- this can't go forward.
3: Well, uh, Nancy Pelosi is, I think, a very thoughtful person about these things and is trying to figure out what's right. It is. David, you know, this is not an easy question, because no. if you can get in, if you have an app and it takes off and there's an outfit that there's some of these outfits that are coming public that, do, that make your app more powerful. Yes. If you have an app and it takes off, you've got a business. I know. I, I,
1: it's funny when you think about splitting these companies. By the way, we should point out, this is not just from the left. It also, strangely, is from the right, right. as no, well. No, a little
2: circularity yeah. 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 to everybody, um, but
1: which I don't know. Which perhaps makes it more of a danger for some of these companies that, that it could get some traction. And there you see uh, Apple talking about unapproved apps in terms of their user base and sensitive data. But uh, the breakup scenario, I mean, we've mentioned it many times, Jim, uh, where... There could be a lot of value to create when you look at some of these companies if they were to actually have to break themselves up as a result of either legislation or the courts, which, of course, will take many years to play out. Well, Speaker Pelosi is very sophisticated, and I'd love to have her on call on the show and talk about this notion. You think she actually understands the breakup value of Amazon or Alphabet? Yes. Really? Yes, absolutely. She's got a lot on her plate. I'm, I wouldn't she, know that she would she know necessarily what the potential prevailing multiple absolutely. might be for AWS, you, where they'd actually spend do that money. You don't underestimate off. her ability to understand business. Okay,
3: I, I think won't. she understands all these issues, and um, I think she might understand that if you break them up, they could be more
1: powerful. Apple breakup is not as quite as clear. Uh, where the I mean, I, I, how would Store, you break it no. Well,
2: you were uh, yeah. you were just talking about the administration's stance toward taxes and how billionaires should start to think. Lena Kahn. Overseen at least the MGM deal to start is going to make things interesting, wouldn't you say, the in that same vein? year old FTC yeah, person. she <laughs> wrote a treatise about
1: uh, the break I think That's how she came to prominence uh, when she was at Yale. I mean, she's really had no, virtually no time as a practicing attorney, right? She was professional. she's whip-smart, and if she thinks that this, she made a lot of trouble. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt that that got a lot of people's attention. And by the way, not just because of her, uh, because of her focus on Amazon, but because also... The FTC and the DOJ. Well, DOJ, we still don't have an antitrust chief, by the way. Remember Makin Del Rahim, of course, right. last administration. He's not been replaced with a, with a full-time uh, somebody approved by Congress. Um, We're under but it's it. important when it comes to m and and it's not something that is uh, passing a notice by many corporations and or their advisors in terms of what they can or cannot potentially do without at least what would be significant time delay, if you want to call it that in the antitrust review. Although, frankly, the last administration was very unpredictable. Do you think you a, guy, a guy like Scott Barche, an eminent M&A lawyer, is thinking about this 32-year-old? Absolutely. You do. I think to some extent, you got to be thinking about this if you're now, by the way, he's not an antitrust attorney. No, he's an, he's M- an, an M&A guy. But and the, but antitrust, I'm saying... the antitrust. No, he's not antitrust. Broad, he's pro-trust. And he, or, right. He's he's looking like many looking potentially to do the deal. But, yeah, you've got to be thinking about this more on the level of the executives who are considering yeah. potentially entering into no, a but, large transaction. No, but I, I mentioned or him. Or even, being like, if, I mean, MGM, that's not a large transaction. But I'm being facetious. He's not pro-trust.
3: But the fact is, it, it, is that it wasn't a large transaction it, well, no, for but this, like, did, this, hit, this, This hit the radar screen? The MGM? I mean, really? Yeah.
2: There what was is that it, argument what is the yesterday. harm to that? that? If, if Disney Fox can happen, why should there be any question oh, this about AMR-
1: should there, there shouldn't be. And in fact, the reason Disney Fox could happen without much of a fight. Well, we can make a lot of different arguments is in part because Amazon and Netflix created studios out of nothing over a period of years. Isn't that Uh, positive? Yes. Well, that they you would argue that that let actually enhance competition, which is why you would let number one and two get together, which they did. Right. Right. But I think they were number one and two or one and three, maybe universal. But as business people, we look at these and think, okay, so the inconsistency here.
3: Inconsistency is radical. I mean, MGM, and Amazon, big deal. I mean, how's that hurt the consumer? Suddenly, they get the call. But what the call is about, don't do these deals. We don't want to see deals. I think this administration is starting to, starting to become clear. Administration's against stocks. It's against capital formation. It's against risk capital. It's against everything but Chinese IPOs, well, it's in favor well they'll, of labor. they'll
1: come around to that, too. In favor of labor, perhaps, and not capital. So well, much. that's my point. Yeah, And that's been... I has do, that, been, has I, that I, balance been do completely you think, out of whack for a long period well, of time? Well, I, I tell you,
3: I think these guys are far more labor-oriented than Obama. You just said that,
2: didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you said that on Squawk. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone argues... Well, the, the, people the, watch the different shows. Remember the watch Amazon show. union push in Alabama? And the president... Mentioned that completely unprovoked.
3: Yeah, we got a Teamsters. Yeah, and now we got the up.
2: Teamsters going nationwide on Amazon. Teamsters
3: are tough. I never, I never belonged to Teamsters. They're a tough union. Uh, Remember why that why Central States pension the, fund? Why would you have
1: belonged to the Teamsters? I belong to long, I've learned, belonged to two unions. Just, yeah?
3: Yeah. One of them, I, I did a Wildcat strike. It was really amazing. Fired the next day.
2: All uh, right. Which, SAG-AFTRA? <laughs> no,
3: the hotel yes. and beverage yes. in Trump Philadelphia. Was tough. Wildcat strike for the Atlanta game. Henry uh, Hank Aaron was in. Let's, let's teach him a lesson. Let's teach the boss a lesson. And the lesson was I was out of job immediately. But That's talk, okay. Don't talk to
1: me about Atlanta. I went to, I went to the Mets game last night. Well, no, this was about, this was in 1972. Oh, all right.
2: Well, speaking of the 70s, uh, the Fed chair yesterday on the Hill uh, talking about the threat of inflation, reiterating his stance that the price increases we're seeing is transitory, said it's very unlikely we're going to go back to 1970s-style inflation. Here's what he said.
4: You see, extremely strong demand
3: for labor for goods for services and you see the supply side caught a little bit flat-footed and trying to catch up you also you have a a a central bank that's committed to uh, to price stability and uh, has you know defined what price stability is and is strongly prepared to use its tools to to keep us around two percent inflation so all of those things Suggest to me that, that an episode like what we saw in the 1970s, and I, I, I graduated from college in 1975, I had a front-row seat, uh, that nothing like that, I, I, I don't expect anything like that to happen.
2: Oh, alumni of uh, Princeton and Georgetown. <laughs> Prince 75, yes, man, yes. made that point. Others argue uh, 80s-style and 90s-style weren't so great either. <laughs>
3: Yo, look, I don't know if you saw when he was being berated by some congressman. It was painful. It's just painful. This guy's obviously trying to do his best. But I think that he's right. I mean, everyone's been caught flat-footed, whether it be an auto company. Look, when you go to uh, anybody, like, no one can believe the amount of business that's being done. And it is Roaring Twenties, and everybody's so busy laying off people. And by the way, can I just explain? If you worked as a re- in a retail company, you became a prison guard and a therapist because they were so, retail's been so under fire. Like you go to a retail store and you're just angry immediately, Go to a Best Buy. Hey, I'm allowed in that store. You can't hold me back from that store. Well, no, we're only allowed to have so many people. Well, let me tell you something. I mean, they didn't get in to do that. What, did they get in to have a screaming match with someone about who wants to go buy a speaker? Or flight attendants
2: and pilots. Oh, my God. Did you see those saying?
3: Yeah. videos? It's like who they did not go in to be truant officers and they did not go in to be therapists. But suddenly they have to do that. They don't want to do that anymore. They have left that business. And they're not coming back.
1: Well, You uh, don't you know, shop, so you don't even know what well, it's like. I did like. go into Best Buy looking for something, and it was behind a, th- a case, and then they you threw told a tantrum. Me, they, uh, no, I didn't throw. <laughs> I did not at all throw any tantrum. They just told me, actually, it's out of stock. You just go online and buy it. It's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs>
2: Well, um, I guess the question, Jim, as we look at it, we we started the hour talking about uh, the the resumption of tech buying. Yes. Is that because of Powell? Is it because this Delta variant is pushing some of these epicenter names down a bit?
3: I think it's Powell. Uh, Powell is giving you the green light again. He's saying, look, I know it's going to be longer. I know it's going to be hotter. But everybody will adjust. And the one I keep coming back to is the chips. The semiconductors. There will be no semiconductor shortage by the end of, three, of Q3 because they caught up. He's right. You give them a chance to catch up. I mean, if you're on the Lenar call, which was an amazing call, they're going to catch up to housing. Now, housing prices have, have gone up a lot, yeah. but they're catching up to demand. They're trying They're running. Everybody's running 24-7 everywhere in this country, and they're all trying to catch up.
2: Well, Digitimes has a piece out this morning uh, that auto chip suppliers are telling their customers you're going to get 30% more in the second half than we thought.
3: Yes, and And, so the numbers are going to come through, and GM and Ford are going to be huge stocks. Especially now that he, we've seen that plateau in uh, in use course, but then I look at the story today, today, guys. It says what? that,
1: that uh, the lead times, the gap between ordering a semiconductor and taking delivery, increased by seven days to eighteen weeks in May.
3: Depends on the semi. Is it is from it the feature, previous month? Is it feature rich or is it uh, related I, to I, a I high don't performance know. computing? I just have you been following what's going on automakers. in NVIDIA? Uh, really? No, I, I actually challenge that. I know you do. I, I challenge think... that. I think that's bad intel. Okay. My intel's better than that intel. It may be. My intel's as of
1: last night. When's their intel? Uh, as of, I guess, as of May. So maybe <laughs> Yeah, well, great.
3: Right. It's June. We'll
1: my you... intel's as of last night. I mean, what are these people doing? How much are they paid I don't know. How many divisions do they know. have? I should not actually... You love that <laughs> well, that's one.
3: Your... That's because it's Stalin to the, Stalin yeah. the Pope. was kind of brutal. But, no, my... Look, I think that... Every single industry is dealing with the short. The plastics guys are coming back on. The rate, the price in plastics, coming back down because they're ramping up again. See, everyone, Powell is right. People are trying to catch up. The you beer makers have been saying beer, you
1: agree with Powell's stance in terms I like of the transitory nature of inflation for some time. You have been in well, that camp consistently. I'm the only
3: other one, other than maybe Pal's wife, who just totally agrees with Powell.
1: Well, there, are, Williams, no, there are others. There are others. Who? W- Williams,
2: John Williams, New York Fed, last night said that supply and demand will adjust, and if it adjusts dramatically, you might wind up with deflation.
1: Thank right. you! So the much. spot
3: prices are going to come down so the- and suddenly the hoarders are going to be in trouble. And David, this is not American pickers. These are hoarders who are hoarding Billions of dollars, especially the Chinese, and they are going to flood the market once they realize the DRAMs have turned, NAND has turned,
1: and feature-rich, feature-rich. Discovery rich. Plus do a do a do a new show on billionaire hoarders. <laughs> billionaire, <laughs> love that. Chinese like that? commodity hoarders. Billionaire hoarders. hoarders. Yeah. There we
3: go. Orders. We're going to go inside. That's We're the show. Take a look. Get that. Maybe at can do that. I'm remember on. they? Oh no, they spun that off and text, cut the dividend. Let me text Zaslav right now. David. Hey, remember when they cut the dividend in China? Billionaire. That was ATT. No, I'm saying that show's good. To be undiscovered, yes. And then I, managed to work in the dividend cut by yes, AT Just a totally gratuitous reference. Correct.
1: Thank you. And the Wall of Shame to remind everybody.
2: <laughs> when we come back, uh, what Wall Street firm is telling unvaccinated employees when it comes to COVID and returning to the workplace? Got some good calls this morning on Microsoft, on Verizon, uh, carrier, Netflix, and there's a look at futures. We're back in a moment.
5: Every day.
2: Morgan Stanley delivering a message to employees not vaccinated for COVID. They will be barred from returning to the New York City and Westchester County offices beginning July 12 and would have to work remotely. The move will allow the company to lift their mask and physical distancing requirements in the workplace. Uh, First real example, Jim, we've had of a large employer saying you can't even come in.
3: I think that this is uh, actually the first loud example. I think there's many companies that are doing this, just that these guys hit the radar screen. And I think that when I was talking with some people involved with the bank yesterday and other banks, this is the way it is. And don't confuse it. Morgan Stanley's
1: loud. Yeah. Everyone else that all the bankers I talk to say this is it. The banks certainly, when it comes to sales and trading and certain other areas, where they do feel very strongly that people need to be together in the same space. Uh, David Solomon at Goldman has been outspoken. James Diamond. And Mr. Gorman, of course, who runs Morgan Stanley as well, having said only a week or so ago, I think something along the lines of, hey, if you can go out to a restaurant, this, you can't cite a safety issue for coming in, not coming into work. But, guys, the larger question that so many businesses are now dealing with, and I think it's a fascinating one from our perspective as well, is what do you go with? And there's the quote from Mr. Uh, from Mr. Gorman for... Uh, what he said, and they follow up with this vaccination. But the larger question for so many businesses, not just, of course, in financial services, is what are you going to do? Are you going to go with a hybrid approach? Are you going to say you want your employees in full-time, most of the time, maybe a little bit of flexibility? And who, if you were to track two very similar businesses, one that went with five days a week and the other that went with hybrid, be very curious to see who would be more successful over a longer period of time. I think we don't know, but I also know that there's still a lot of
3: companies whose CEOs and the C-suite people have not been vaccinated. Yeah, you were mentioning that. And I think that we have to be careful that the banks in particular are, uh, Gary Kelly, wow. Yeah. Um, The the banks are are very much alone right now, but they're allied.
2: Jim mentions what you're seeing at the bottom of your screen, and that is that Southwest has announced uh, executive leadership plans, and it will involve Gary Kelly becoming executive chairman early next year. Uh, long-time CEO, and the following best. Keller, uh, basically grew up at the airline. What a legacy Kelly's going to be.
3: I wish he'd call in right now. I mean, I salute him so much. He,
1: he's, he's going through hard. Th- this guy's been tested and tried and came out the other side. Oh, we always appreciate it when he joins us, 66 years old. By the way, may stay on as long as 2026 as, ex- as, uh, as executive chairman, really? as the desire, says, to serve in that role through at least 2026 at wow. the discretion of the board. So Gary Kelly giving up the CEO role, but executive chairman, remember, and we need to, of course, distinguish between that and what we often see is not the non-executive status of chairman right. of the boards, whose role really is to just run the board, so to speak. She's in this of- case, he's still going to have an executive function, similar to uh, Bezos, for example, right. who will be executive chairman of Amazon when he steps down as CEO a few days from now.
3: Executive chairman being the guy who, therefore, can be down the, down the hall, looking over your shoulder <laughs> yeah. and
1: criticizing you and making you 2nd guess. Yeah. So, stepping down, yes, as CEO, but but he will still be with the co- uh, company for at least another five years, it reads. Well, yeah. as, for,
2: as for Robert Jordan, uh, 60 years old, uh, first joined Southwest in 88, has served uh, in revenue accounting, uh, controller, VP technology, uh, strategy and technology guys, uh, chief commercial officer, uh, was uh, led the efforts for the company's voluntary leave policy uh, and early separation programs, which obviously were instrumental in keeping uh, cash flow burn at a minimum during the pandemic. Phil LeBeau joins us this morning on this news. Phil, I wonder what more you can tell us about Kelly, uh, his legacy, and Jordan himself.
5: Well, let's start first off with Jordan. Uh, you know, you, you hit on all the roles that he's played at Southwest Airlines. I look at this move and look at it as complete Gary Kelly, complete Southwest Airlines transition, make it smooth, make it uneventful. You know exactly, if you are an executive at Southwest, you know exactly what you're getting with Robert Jordan. So I am not surprised by uh, him moving into the top job, and I don't expect it to be any bumps along the way in terms of that transition. In terms of Gary Kelly, I mean, you guys hit on it. This is one of the... Uh, true all-stars in terms of the airline industry uh, in his career. And he's had the vision for expanding and growing Southwest Airlines as the CEO, uh, and he's done it in a very deliberate Gary Kelly style. Uh, And now you look at these guys, and you no longer hear people say, well, Southwest Airlines is a low-cost carrier. Nobody looks at Southwest Airlines that way. As somebody who's just trying to throw out some cheap flights, Those days are long gone, and Gary Kelly was instrumental in making them as large and as successful and as profitable as they have become.
3: You know, Phil, I I am kind of struck at the age of Jordan. I mean, a lot of times these people will move on to other places because they don't get the top job. I, I wonder, is there any thought that he might have left if he didn't get the job?
5: I've not heard that, um, but I'm not surprised that um, it, it's a very Southwest way, if that makes sense. Jim, and you know Gary Kelly, and you know some of the people oh, at Southwest. So um, good. This is not the type of a, an airline or a company where the person who has you know had a number of jobs is saying, hey, I need to be the top guy, and if I'm not the top guy, hey, I'm going to leave. I don't need you anymore. That's just not in the DNA. Um, They are extremely consistent in terms of what you see from their executives, how they conduct themselves, how they operate the airline. I mean, you talk about a company where everybody's on the same page. That's Southwest Airlines.
3: Well, uh, your your piece today, Phil, and yesterday on this, the outrageous behavior of people. Which is really just groundbreaking. Everyone in America should read it. Is, is there to watch it? Is there a, a way to de- determine whether some are better than others? Because I have to believe the Southwest knows that they've been trained how to handle this. Uh, that,
5: that's that, that's a kind of thing that they know how to do. I think everybody is doing the best they can, Jim. I don't yeah. look at this in in terms of one sure. airline is is not handling it better than others. I think the bottom line is this: when we talked with the head of the FAA this morning on Squawk Box. They're fed up. They are completely fed up with what is happening here. And think about this. You know that if you go off and you pop a flight attendant in the mouth, you're going to get fined $35,000, and that's not enough to deter people? Well, then the next step needs to be taken. And what is that next step? Well, the no-fly list, which is run by the FBI, is for people who are terrorists. So that's not really a good tool to be used. Uh, And the airlines need to step together and say, okay, how do we deal with these people who are yahoos and are way out of control.
3: Well, one thing to do is to show the videos that Phil did. Fantastic work, Phil. Just fantastic, as always. Fantastic.
2: Uh, Phil, I guess the only other remaining question would be, and I can't imagine the answer is yes, but would we be on the lookout for any kind of uh, structural, strategic shift under Jordan, whether that's more emphasis on international, uh, there's been Hawaii. They've been pretty aggressive in moving into some markets like uh, O'Hare uh, versus Midway in Chicago. Uh, but I guess, would you be tuned to that or not?
5: I don't think there's going to be major structural shifts. If you look at the expansion of Southwest over the last 15 years, it's been very gradual. They will, they will throw out a little breadcrumbs is what I say, um, where Fantastic. they'll hint at something but it'll be years before they finally make the full move look at what they did with hawaii they talked about it for a long time before they finally made the full move look at their expansion now into airports like o'hare for a long time gary kelly said well i wouldn't mind being in o'hare but he waited they waited until it was the right time and the right opportunity i expect the same strategy and approach under robert jordan
2: well, not to mention uh, guiding them through the max uh, issue which, sure. for, which became very intense for Kelly, for sure.
3: He's a case study. Everyone should study everything he's done. He's a masterful man. Yeah.
2: We hope we get to talk to him again soon. Phil, thanks for that, uh, backing us up here on this news that Gary Kelly uh, will become executive chair of Southwest next year. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash in the opening bell. Don't go away.
0: What's on the horizon for financial markets?
4: We have committed to uh, sales growth of more than 5%, profit growth of more than 10% between now and 2026, and and set an ambition for more than £33 billion worth of sales.
0: You know what, that 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 uh, is...
1: That was Emma Walmsley, the uh, CEO of GSK, GlaxoSmithKline. You've been following it closely. Let's uh, talk about it on The Mad Dash. Sure. I think
3: that that dividend rate was 80 pence, but what people really need to know is that that was better than fear. There were a lot of people who felt that that dividend was far more in jeopardy, which is why people may be saying, how the heck can a stock go up with a bit of a dividend cut? And the answer is, is she basically allaying a lot of fears. Uh, And the targets that she's picking are very aggressive. I I have to feel that it's gone from being a stock that has not done much to being a stock where people might be saying, you know what, I got another shot to make money here. So uh, I applaud what she's doing. If she can make those targets, it's pretty good stuff.
1: Right. Now, the new, new GSK is going to prioritize R&D and commercial investment in vaccines and specialty medicine.
3: They're very good at vaccines. Now, they did not do, they did not get the COVID. They, they, I don't know. I'm. Megan and I were going back and forth. Right. They'll be like, the also ran, also ran, also ran COVID vaccine. And will it be needed? But then again, there's 7 billion people in the world. So maybe we can take whatever we can get. Those
1: cheers, Carl, are not being piped in. <laughs> Those cheers are real. <laughs> it's as loud as They're loudest on almost show in a is long back. time. Let's get the opening bell. At the big board
2: today, celebrating an IPO with software startup Sprinkler. We're going to talk to CEO Roxy Thomas from TechCheck at 11 a.m. at the NASDAQ, also celebrating an IPO with screening and verification company First Advantage. Well, they're not
3: doing, um, they're not waving sticks and they're not trying to get us to miss free throws. No. Although it, with Ben Simmons, you are not have to worry. No. You didn't need. Thing. He just missed it on his own right. Oh, here we go. That's what we need, right? What are they? They should be more
1: clear. Oh, CXM is the symbol for sprinkler. Oh, fantastic.
2: It sort of reminds me uh, Goldman does take ice to conviction by today. Isn't that interesting? Uh, target it a big 141 note. would be 24% upside. Uh, They say one of the biggest laggards in our coverage.
3: And yet I think it's a great buy. I completely agree with that. I saw that as conviction bias. It's time. That is one that should not fall behind. They're very good, and they are very good expense control. They made a lot of sense. There were a lot of good notes today. FedEx, Barclays raised numbers on the eve of their reporting, which does matter tremendously. United Rentals, David, very solid note by Citi, hold the buy. That was supposed to be an infrastructure play. Uh, But the one that went the opposite way was uh, plug power. A lot of youth own plug power because it's hydrogen. Uh, Canaccord, curiously, revenues in line, uh, losses wider. Price target goes from 69 to 31. Obviously, they believed too great, right? And when I say that stuff and I get that kind of reaction, I know that
1: I'm a crowd favorite. You often are, Jim. You often are.
2: Um, Speaking of calls, Jim, um, MCD. Uh, Wells goes to 268. I know the loyalty program news yesterday, you've been calling for that for years. Yes.
3: And look, I, I, you, Ed Kempensky, I continue to believe he's a tough customer. He's going to get it done. That note with Wells is about the rapid reopening story and the customers are responding to the rapid reopening loyalty. I think that stock is way too cheap. Now, they went from 262 to 268, Wells. That's just kind of a line in the sand. But this stock has not done enough versus how great this Kempinski is. Sorry. I think he has support of the of the franchises.
2: That's a, That's been a key uh, challenge yeah. for yeah. the many CEOs we've covered over the years is, is getting that sort of Wiley group yeah. to agree with is that. Wily group is right. Yes. I mean, I'm friends with
3: one someone who has 18 of them. And apparently, Wade. look, if they don't like them, they tell you. Yeah. And if they like them, they love them. Yeah.
2: Jim, Energy's the one that um, continues to bounce around A lot of it lately is about the Iranian nuclear deal, whether we're in a true final push. We did get to 73, 72. Uh, Actually, no, we're about 74 this morning.
3: There's only been 13 rigs added recently at the Permian. Uh, People are, I think that there is a sense, David, that the era of willy-nilly drilling ended with President Trump, and the era of being a good citizen began with what we still, I continue to say, don't talk about enough, which is the engine one,
1: Reversal of John D. Rockefeller. <laughs> Standard Oil being Exxon, being Exxon, he Mobil, did, to the point. They did what TR couldn't do. And the three, right, the Trustbuster couldn't do. Yeah, the three seats that they got. Listen, it was a seminal moment. There's still an argument being had. And, so the professional circles that, uh, around activism as to whether it was really Exxon specific right. or whether in the case, again, we're talking about that proxy fight, of course, whether you can expect on ESG matters, broadly speaking, the big index funds will always side now with the ESG proponents what if they argue something on a proxy. And I don't the- know the answer because there was a lot of frustration wow. with ExxonMobil specifically, Jim, you know that. For years, right. that may have shown no. itself in the way that vote they
3: went. ran the company as if, look, here's the way it's going to yeah. be for us. Now, yeah. David, I hear there might be another one,
1: another challenge, another challenge to another, another engine company. one challenge. Oh, well, they're starting an ETF. I mean, why not use oh, the marketing sorry, power ETF. from a spark, Exxon ETF. They're starting a. a did, you, did you hear about the squawk? The ESG squaw- ETF in some way. I, I don't want to. Did you hear about uh, the, the squawk on
3: squaw- the street? Trying ETF? to raise a lot of money. We are about justice. This is Justice ETF. Is there?
1: Yeah, got it. It's we're more, I and we were, I thought we were launching a. SPAC. We're going to call the Shazam Spac. Yeah, Solve and Hercule's Atlas Zeus. Right. By the way, Spacs Mer- are Mercury, you know? Amazon Mercury. Got it. Spacs. Yeah. We're going to have uh, the CEO of Embark on later. Embark Trucks. Embark. <laughs> Do you see the five point, point five point two billion? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Spac. <laughs> Go ahead. That music gets me every time. Take it over. Ngab. Is give me the symbol the bowl. there. Thank you. Embark uh, trucks. We're going to actually be joined by Alex, Alex Rodriguez. Oh, oh
5: no,
3: he's a very serious businessman. He's and 25
1: years old. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about not not a Rod, the baseball oh, player. Oh, I said a Rods. I love <laughs> yeah. talking talking to about this A-Rod. guy, this guy. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, that kid. He's trucks. doing it all. This you know, the, is Chinese, one of the larger deals we've seen. Chinese here.
3: did a truck deal yesterday. Um, no one even cared. It and, made a fortune. Just went That's truck logistics?
1: Uh, this is, no, this is long-run trucks, you know, that are going to uh, eventually be fully automated running. But Right. right. Uh, and their software, they, you can buy the truck, right. then they get the service fee, the, okay. the subscription fee, and they obviously reduce your overall cost. But we'll All talk right. a lot more you about know, that. I had, Meanwhile, the, the SPAC itself behind it, NGV, is not really doing much. You know, really I had Scott right Wine there. on,
3: on You just got one?
1: Used to be players. Yeah, you mentioned this. Now yesterday. he's at CNH,
3: um, and he is very happy with what Nikola has done. He really, really? thinks very happy. Yeah, the trucks are here. They're working. Now, there's a, there's a big
1: registration. So you got to be careful. Nikola's more a on the hydrogen and on the stations and on EV. They This is The more stock is moving.
3: There's two other okay. players here. Well, I uh, didn't mean to conflate. Yeah. But I did think that Scott Wine saying that Nikola, which he had been very skeptical when he came in, he was thinking maybe we shouldn't do a deal because they did have a truck that didn't really move on its own power, perhaps. Uh, that was mentioned by Scott. But he is endorsing Nikola and saying it's for real. Uh, they, again, they have stock for sale, but he's moving the stock by saying he's checked it out. Scott Wein, very straight shooter, and says that Nikola is the real deal, truck-wise.
2: Yeah, this is a taste of what uh, what he told you last night on Mad Money. Yes, very powerful thought.
6: I, look, I came uh, into I, this um, this job very skeptical of that partnership and I have been proven completely wrong about my skepticism. They're um, actually a very strong partner for us, and we're excited what we can do with the first battery electric products, but ultimately with hydrogen down the
2: road. There you go. Also reminds me here, Jim, very quietly, speaking of trucks and cars, Tesla above the 50-day for the first time since early May, uh, back to 643.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think Tesla is, remember, the leader. When Tesla works, memes work. When Tesla alert works, you get the speculative juices going. Right. Uh, Kathy Wood, we haven't talked about her lately, big Tesla. Uh, But Tesla bulls, when they get in charge, the animal spirits really roar in this market. Yeah, that
1: stock has been making quite a bit of a comeback. You can see. There's there's some video there. there. (laughs) This (laughs) is the Woodstock. Oh, this is the Woodstock. Kathy Woodstock. Between this I think there's an algorithm the, that hears words you say and, this and, and the, rolls the video And the, in the SPAC the thing, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. that music with the SPAC, music, whatever that sound well, maybe is. Maybe Buzz. Remember that ETF Buzz? Maybe that makes it come Yeah. Up. Uh, but there is Woodstock. And, yes, we're talking about Kathy Woodstocks. But Tesla is up almost three and a half percent. a half a million strong. Yes, it is. More than that? Well, no, that was the song. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. Whose farm was it? Uh, Yasgers Max yeah. Thank you. All right. So he's Not bad. Thanks. Not bad.
2: Not in the form of a question, but we'll take <laughs> it. No.
1: No, but that's true. That's right by the way. In single jeopardy we'll take it, but in second you have to warn them. Sorry, you don't warn them. What, the First hell? You uh, what second, do I no? second you don't jeopardy? warn. What do you know about Jeopardy? Other than the fact you that just, you won, you just wait. They, what you're going you 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 to leave us August 2nd. Are you going to leave us August 2nd? If you were,
3: you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to quit Green Bay if yeah. he gets it. Yeah. Will David Faber quit Squawk on the Street no, if yes. he gets it? <laughs> I, no, I will do both.
1: Yeah. You will.
3: I'll figure out a way. And we're talking about David Faber being a host. Yes. David Faber being the probably the person who has watched more Jeopardy than these other
1: people who have come in. Certainly did before I hosted. Yes. I watched a lot. Netflix. Thank you. Netflix, did you see that note today?
2: I, I, so I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Uh, Laura Martin at Needham, once again, arguing they should have an ad light tier. Right. Basically, her argument is the fact that they don't and swear that they never will opens up a lane for their rivals to fund themselves better.
3: Stance on ad materially disruptive lowers the return on, uh, on capital that they have. David, the best line here is, is that uh, they are funding their competitors, Because the competitors' CPMS go up because they're not taking the amount of time people watch Netflix was extraordinary in that piece.
2: It depends on how you slice it, but you could argue forty percent of uh, of view time is somehow going to Netflix. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. Lupin.
3: I mean, I find well,
1: Bosch. Yeah, we mentioned that one yesterday. Well, Bosch is. I can't. That's that's Amazon. Amazon. David. What have I been watching this weekend?
3: You're still not watching Line of Duty. It bothers me. These are. I mean, there's a. Uh, it, there's a an up, there's an uproar in Philadelphia, that people are going to the houses in Wallingford, Delaware, oh, no. to
1: see where mayor was. All right, that's HBO Max. Yes. Right, but like, HBO Max yes. is where's that going? That's of, going to the home of billionaire hoarders. <laughs> no, no, it, it, Discovery, Discovery Plus. It, yeah, with it, David Plus. Faber. Is <laughs> that ATT dividends? Is that? Oh my lord! Everything leads back to that. That was talking, you know, Engine 1 a seminal moment. That was, in your yeah, mind. Hey, and listen dividend. to what Emma
3: Wamsley. She, she gave you a better than expected dividend. Oh, ATT's starting to move up. Now it's really starting to soar. There was actually but, a positive. Hey, by the, the way, you see positive. the Viacom note this morning? Viacom, the, 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 the city has a positive catalyst watch. That's every bit as good as the uh, CSI from a uh, the UBS. UBS the, Evidence the Lab. Evidence Lab. Yeah, positive catalyst. what they're saying about, there's going to be an upside surprise in Viacom's numbers.
1: Viacom is up 10% for the year. It's not quite the 100-plus percent it was up during our. I'm sorry, Verizon. Verizon. Buying. Verizon. Yes. Verizon. I saw, that's what I was wondering. I saw Verizon, the
3: Verizon note. Verizon, that note. Geez,
1: yeah. I had Viacom what happened mine because I think that they're going to be
3: bought.
2: Your point is good in that we're starting to see more calls about upside EPS. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, look,
3: this is the great reopening. Everyone's doing more of whatever they're doing. Pinot record. you see that? People are drinking
1: more. No kidding. Try getting a table at a restaurant. I was drinking more during the pandemic. My place was sold out. What? Now I'm trying to not drink as much. Now that we're back out there.
3: We'll see what the law firms that that we stay close to make you drink.
1: Okay. Does that mean we and have a, go out with a big drinking dinner in our future? that
3: bet we do. Okay, good. And we better be softer in the way we talk because I don't want to get in trouble to throw it um, out of the restaurant. We, we
1: didn't hit SoftBank and wasn't The stock is not moving, but they did have their annual meeting. He talked about buybacks. He talked about how important the Rothschilds were in terms of funding the uh, Industrial Revolution to some extent and that he sort of is in that position now with the information revolution. Just wanted to to quickly share that. They're in a lot of the IPOs. People don't talk about it Yes, they are. People don't talk about it enough. You do. Yes, SoftBank, you do. They've had a very good, uh, overall, despite the WeWork fiasco, good move. What's wrong? It's a great-looking tie. Thank that you. That outfit-tie shirt combo. Thank you. Very nice. You're usually the, not generous with your prints. No, I have to. I, was, I
3: was on the Brioni site because, you know, they're down 30%. I
2: mean, you once said his suit jacket was uh, flammable retardant or well, something. Well, that was yeah.
3: something I was afraid of. I had I to put good. that back on if the rack. If there had been a spark. I can't spark. wear it again. I had no fire extinguisher. Yet. You have to have a fire extinguisher with some of Jeff's, some of David's. They come with it.
2: How's the fire extinguisher? Who's Jeff? Jeff, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> take a look at Treasuries. <laughs> treasuries this morning as we await uh, manufacturing and services PMI due out in a couple of moments. Uh, take a look at yields and oil as well. Seventy-four ten. We're back. Unstoppable
6: force, oil. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street, Rick Santelli here with breaking news, our June preliminary read on the market, M-A-R-K-I-T, manufacturing service and composite PMIs for the manufacturing side, 62.6, and it usurps 62.1 in the rearview mirror as the post-COVID high, but that's the only one, because as we look at services, at 64.8, it does not usurp 70.4. And 63.9 for the composite doesn't take out our last look at 68.7. So these numbers indeed are a little lighter than expected, but do understand whether it's supply chain issues or just the benefits holding people back from a full reopening, especially on the services side. We are seeing the reopening progress, but maybe not as healthy as it could be but we keep a close eye on 1.46 percent on 10-year note yields yesterday's low yield and 61 billion of five-year notes will come on the auction at one o'clock eastern squawk on the street will return after these messages
2: Warren Buffett says he's halfway toward donating about 99 percent of his net worth to philanthropy. This time, the Oracle of Omaha delivering another $4.1 billion in Berkshire stock, now owns shares worth about $100 billion. He says all remain destined for philanthropy. Buffett added he is resigning as a trustee of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, didn't disclose the reason for that departure, but offered support for the foundation's current leadership. More interesting, uh, Jim, is his quote here saying, uh, these remarks are no swan song. I still relish being on the field and carrying the ball, but I'm clearly playing in a game that, for me, has moved past the fourth quarter and into overtime.
3: Yeah, uh, look, I think that in terms of the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, there are a lot of, of foundations that, 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 don't, that are uh, concerned that some of Bill Gates' behavior has made it so that they're not sure they want to be affiliated. Yeah, it's very. I mean, I don't yeah. mean to
1: be step on any toes here, but that's what I understand. Right. Here's Buffett on that donation. Um, you know, interestingly, he's talking about the tax savings. He goes into, of course, the way charitable giving is treated in the tax right. code. Um, also points out that if he hadn't given the money yet, in other words, the money that he's half the number that the 40 billion would have been 100 billion if it had just stayed in Berkshire. But that he started doing the giving after his wife, uh, but passed these away. are all
3: in reaction, I think to the pro publico where every a lot, everyone who was mentioned looked terrible, and yet there are as we go billionaire by billionaire, oligarch by oligarch, we see that they there were lost carry forwards, there are reasons why they paid so
1: little or none. Yep, it was little, little not nuanced enough, but he got you know, he got the, he got the but there it is where he talks yeah. about it's very important, but he then goes on to say. Uh, there perhaps Congress should periodically revisit the uh, tax policy for charitable contributions, particularly in respect to donors who you see it right there at the end, get, quote, imaginative.
3: Now, I said that
1: two weeks ago and everyone said, you know, billionaires ganged up on me and they
3: had billionaire representatives. He says it. He, he says it. you think a billionaires going to gang up
1: on him? No, he's Warren Buffett. Thank you.
2: Uh, We need about seven points or so for a fresh S&P high. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob.
4: Morning, Carl. Uh, Right. We're right near a new high. But where's the new highs? The only big cap I see at a new high right now is Microsoft. It's a testimony to how much the market's been advancing and rotating around that you really don't have a lot of individual new highs on the S&P 500. Modest moves up this morning on uh, some of the reopening trades here, uh, energy Uh, banks, industrials, were modestly on the upside uh, at the open. Tech was lagging a little bit. You see this is on either side of positive or negative. The one big mover today we saw was uh, energy stocks, which is just off of a new high here. Uh, One thing that's definitely moving, and even though it doesn't look like it on a daily basis, the momentum is behind thematic tech. Folks, it's back in a big way. Kathy Woods' ARC funds, uh, cloud computing, fintech, uh, internet stocks. There's some of the ETFs around these. These are straight up, and I mean straight up, for the last month. The line is just like that. So um, every day you're up a half a percent or so and that amounts to really big moves over about a period of a month here. Strange new ETF. Uh, David mentioned it very quickly here, but I want to bring it up here. Uh, engine number one. Remember, them? those are the people that had the big Exxon fight and won uh, starting an ETF today. Transform 500 ETF. Vote starting. They'll own a broad sector of large cap stocks. Very strange ETF. Most of these companies, they seek to go out and they want to buy stuff that supports their point of view. This company's not doing They're just buying large cap stocks because they want to have enough stock to participate in the proxy. That's the key. But they're not making bets. They just want to influence it uh, down the road here. So they're going to uh, seek to influence shareholder votes on climate change, on ESG, uh, and uh, on, on individuals and how they interact with their companies. It's going to be a very interesting idea. Here's the problem here. It's a little controversial because they're going to need to bring in all of the other big index providers, the big guys that actually control the real votes here, the vanguards of the world, the Black Rocks, the State Street. Uh, John Reckenthal at Morningstar did a great article a little while ago saying those three together hold 43 percent of the fund industry's equity assets and the votes. So can they corral those people? Can they essentially be a lobbying organization to bring them in? It worked for Exxon. It's not clear it's going to work here. And they're going to get some pushback from a lot of people who feel that's a little too much power in the hands of a smaller group. And remember, there have been people slinging mud at index providers for a very, very long time. We'll keep an eye on that debate. Meantime, Gary Gensler at the SEC, speaking of climate change this morning talking about, uh, giving a speech, talking about more disclosure on climate change. Their public comment period he had is concluded. He's sh- starting to show his hand now. He's starting to talk about disclosures around, for example, greenhouse gas emissions. He wants more and forward-looking climate commitments. Companies have said, we're going to try to hit targets. Are you hitting those targets? They want more disclosure on that. So you're going to see a lot more rulemaking and efforts to get disclosure out of companies in the coming months out of the SEC. And we'll keep an eye on all of that, and Carl, uh, it's starting to heat up. This is the intersection here between climate change, ESG, ETFs, activist investing. That's why this particular ETF is attracting a lot of attention, Carl. It's
2: a good way to sum it all up, Bob Banks, uh, Bob Pisani. So with the Dow down 35 here, let's get to Jim and stop trading.
3: Yeah, it's me mentioning activist investing, but Bob, well, I have box on tonight. There's some people who don't like the way box is being run. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and then... I want to talk about a company for stop trading called Clover Health. It's been very controversial. It's a meme stock. Uh, 36% of the company is shorted. There's a, real, there's a big rebalancing on Friday. And this is the type of stock that could get a huge buy out of the Russell imbalance. So I think the shorts are going to be under pressure in the next couple of days. Perhaps it's unwise to be as short as you are going into a rebalancing where there may be a lot of stock that has to be bought. Clover Health. A SPAC that many of us are
2: familiar. We never really got to Bitcoin's bounce either after mm. getting to twenty-eight-eight.
3: Uh, everybody it. up
2: twenty percent from yesterday's low.
3: Well, Kathy Wood has been a buyer of a Bitcoin fund. I, I think MicroStrategy seems a little overvalued, but people can are going to be playing that one. Uh, I'm in Ethereum. Ethereum is my game.
2: You've been Not saying that.
3: that. Still? Ethereum. I thought you sold most of your... No, Ethereum. I sold my Bitcoin. I know you yes. sold your Bitcoin. I've been big hitting Bitcoin, bought that farm. Right. Now I'm buying Ethereum. Ethereum, you have to, use, you know, you want to be involved in that world, you got to have some, you got to come to, you can't come to a gunfight with Bitcoin. You got to come <laughs> to Ethereum.
1: Well, I'll keep that in mind. If you ever encounter a gunfight, I'll, I'll pay you the way I want. I'll pay you one Ethereum for that alpha you're wearing. Really? Yeah. Is that a good deal? It's yeah. a good deal. Well, it's
2: Ethereum. Let me go check. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, six p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track.